welcome back to another edition of Compelling Conversations with Colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson. Today we have with us Lauren DiMartino. Lauren is a law student at the City University of New York, expected to graduate this December. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, Katherine. Thank you for having me. Lauren, as a law student, you've had the opportunity to work for several public sector law offices. Can you tell us about those experiences? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I've worked in legal aid education law project as well as the state, New York State Attorney General Civil Rights Bureau. And they were both incredible experiences um, for pretty different reasons. So the Education Law Project is a, a small unit started by um, Susan Horowitz, who's an incredible disability rights advocate. And um, there it was more direct services. So we worked on advocating for the rights of low-income special needs students. Um, we did a lot of Know Your Rights training for parents, helping them to navigate the complicated processes um, under the IDEA to get services they needed for their children, help make them aware of um, the services that should be provided to them. And then on the other hand, uh, for the attorney generals, I'm just, you know, the current direction that the office was going in served more of a policy function at this point in time. Uh, so a lot of the work was helping to do research to challenge uh, some of the federal government actions that were focused on protecting the rights of New York residents. So it was a really creative exercise in, um, you know, how to get standing to protect your rights when you're challenging the federal government, a lot of um, administrative law which is um, unique to the civil rights field. I think it's a, being used a lot more these days. Um, but there, there wasn't client interaction. So it was more an in-depth um, study of the law, research, writing, um, but definitely a really interesting perspective in kind of having the power of the state behind you in doing civil rights work. Mm-hmm. So what did you do this summer? Well, this summer, I, I was at a private civil rights firm named Roman Dane and Colfax. It's in Washington, D.C. Uh, they do broad civil rights work, but they focus specifically on the Fair Housing Act. So they have a close relationship with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Um, and it was incredible because the Fair Housing Statute is an interesting statute to pursue anti-discrimination work under. It um, able to do anti-harassment work, anti-discrimination work. And um, the housing is the underlying cause of so many other legal fields. But my, my interest is primarily in education equity, but that all starts with the neighborhood and the access to resources and the access to housing opportunities. So it was a really different perspective than what I had been studying or seen as an available uh, course of action. Um, and what was also great is, you know, I've been working full time while going to school at night. So it was my first summer. I'm going into my 4L year. Uh, my first summer where I got to fully engage um, on a full-time basis in in a law firm. Mm, great. It sounds like great experience. It was it was phenomenal. Um, this So this fall, I'm also doing the Equality and Justice Clinic at CUNY. And um, it's focused on civil rights litigation, but it is a placement. So I'll be with another private civil rights firm here in the city that focuses a lot on government misconduct. And in the clinic itself, we'll be developing our practice as anti-discrimination attorneys. Okay, great. Lauren, you began your career in non-legal fields in marketing and then in higher education. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I started in marketing right after college. I was interested in going into business. I had a strength in sales. 
but wanted to do something creative and strategic. So I worked primarily in relationship management and in a couple different agencies. But I always knew my heart was in higher ed. So um, I was able to get my master's at night, fortunately, in a pretty flexible program. So I had my master's in academic advising and then started volunteering before I made the official switch. I worked for an organization called America Needs You. And they're focused on economic mobility through education, particularly for low-income, first-generation college students. Um, so only about 10% of low-income, first-gen students that go to college actually graduate. And I became very passionate about finding ways to do that work and to serve that community. And uh, happened to get an opportunity at this brand-new community college in CUNY. And it was a really innovative program that implemented all the best practices that helped these students graduate. So um, our students, you know, right in the heart of New York City, low-income students, largely students of color, and was able to work with them really closely um, to engage them through the college process to graduation and even to transfer to a bachelor's degree. And the chair that I was sitting in felt like the most important chair in the world. Um, and I feel very privileged to have worked with the students that I did, but I was feeling like I needed to do more. And um, I actually went to a conference where Martha Cantor, she's the former undersecretary of education, she was speaking, and she talked about the importance of that advising, but then challenged the room to think about ways to scale that. Like, how do you, she said, how do you scale someone who believes in me? And that's when I started thinking about law school. Um, I realized that having the background that I had, also having the tools to um, create change, to write policy, to be involved in the legislative process would be a way that I can influence change on a larger scale. Um, so I started going to law school at night and um, at a public interest program, you know, CUNY's focus, it was really equipped to help me with this type of work. And then even during law school, I was able to transition into a associate director role for an anti-poverty policy-based program at another community college. And that allowed me a more broad perspective of managing advisors and scaling that, that someone who believes in me process. Great. So how did those experiences help you as you navigated your way through to law school? I mean, they're also valuable. I, I have people all the time ask me if, this, if the law is my third career, but I actually think they're both two things that really helped me to get to where I am now and are really going to play a major role in my ability to be uh, an effective advocate. So because in marketing, you know, a lot of my work was based on just building relationships and understanding other people, presenting info in a persuasive way, uh, which definitely has served um, help in persuasive advocacy, both written and oral. And in advising, I mean, aside from the skills I acquired just as a counselor and in, in being able to interact with future clients in an empathetic way, um, I also was able to work on the ground with the members of the community that I am hoping to serve in my role as a lawyer. So the students that I was working with are the people that tend to be most affected by the decision, decisions of our government. And I was able to get a sense of how the law impacts people on the ground in their everyday lives. And, you know, I even this summer, my, my feedback from my supervisor was that my strength is in the practical perspective. So I'm able to really understand the law in a practical way and understand how it impacts the people that it's being applied for. And um, I think I can attribute that to having worked with students in the community, but also being a part of CUNY, uh, a school that's focused specifically on public interest. Mm -hmm. 
So what's been your favorite thing about law school? Um, I really, I really love law school. I know some people, <laughs> it's more popular sometimes to talk about how stressful it is. Um, but I've just really taken a liking to, to all the materials, but also specifically in my law school, it's been the camaraderie. So because we're a public interest focused school, there's tends to be a common goal among everyone. Everyone is there because they want to create change because they want to help other people and they want to serve the public. Um, so it's been really inspiring. Every day I'm inspired by my colleagues and my professors and the work that they're doing and the aspirations they have. Um, and it's just been really empowering. And there's something really empowering in general that comes alongside learning the law as a tool for change. You know, you feel like you have more in your toolbox to go out and, and serve others. Mm -hmm. So on the flip side, what's the most challenging thing? Uh, I'm trying to come up with a way to say what the opposite is of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's like, like I said, it's super empowering to have these new tools at your disposal, um, but you're being given access to tools to navigate a system um, in order to help others. But sometimes it's frustrating to know that the system doesn't, always necessarily work the way it should, or, um, you know, those tools aren't always sufficient. Um, I'd say maybe the system doesn't work the way it was intended, but I think sometimes it was intended to work exactly as it is. And it's, you know, been challenging to think of creative ways to work within those boundaries um, to serve communities and to help people get the justice that they, they deserve. Right. So, Lauren, what is your proudest law school accomplishment so far? I have had a really um, privileged opportunity to work with the Law Review to build a new program focused on helping students get published. Um, so I was the first person to be named student authorship editor, and it was a mid-year position. It started this past January. And it, basically, like CUNY law students are uniquely positioned to help amplify voices of community members um, impacted by the law. And so I worked with the editor-in-chief to create a writing workshop to help these students have their voices heard and to get published. Um, oh. I had recently had a um, piece published in the Georgetown Journal on Poverty Law and Policy on the free college laws. And so between that and, you know, navigating that process and also my work in education, I was really uniquely positioned to, to help build up this program. Um, so we teach a weekly workshop. It's on Saturdays. We provide childcare and we provide food um, and basically space and time to write. We bring the resources in to teach the students. Um, you know, we have an advanced legal research professor come in and editors and, um, and basically help remove any barriers for students to access the publication process because, as we know, it's often publications that get access to clerkships, that get access to the physicians. Um, that are most sought after. So we're making sure that everyone is on equal footing to have those opportunities. I think that's fantastic. It's been oh. incredible. So you've already lined up a clerkship um, post-graduation. Tell us how that came about. So when I started law school, I intended to move up in the public education system. So I was working for CUNY and I saw that change um, needed to happen. So when I 
went to law school, I didn't even know what a clerkship was, to be honest, um, and was able to take a course called Writing from a Judicial Perspective as my required upper-level writing course. And it was an incredible opportunity to see the process um, behind the scenes for judicial opinion. So we actually followed a Supreme Court case from the beginning that had been granted cert um, through oral arguments, and we mirrored that process. So we were able to write bench memos. We were able to do oral arguments from a judge's perspective, um, study amicus briefs, uh, debate with our colleagues, and our final paper was a opinion. And through that course, I was also able to get a placement in the New York Court of Appeals. And I um, really enjoyed the appellate level work. I just enjoyed the whole experience and gained a perspective on the power of the judiciary and the importance that that behind the scenes work plays in, in our whole legal system. So uh, with the help of my professor, Andrea McArdle, um, who has been an incredible mentor to me, I went through the whole federal clerkship application process. Um, I really focused my priorities on judges that uh, I admired, whose opinions um, reflected a um, incredible understanding of the law, and I ended up in Nashville. So I was going to be clerking on the Sixth Circuit starting next year. Oh, that's fantastic! Um, by the way, I just want to mention that um, writing course. Um, that you took the upper level writing course, that is a fantastic, I think all law schools should offer that. I think I, that I would have loved something like that when I was in law school. It so sounds like it was a, a great um, course. Yeah, it, it, it totally helped my writing, just in general improved my writing, um, but also in detail reading the briefs and scrutinizing, you know, what lawyers were putting into this, how they were appealing. The process, it was also valuable. And I actually got to serve as a teaching assistant um, the following year to um, help aid in the student development and that work as well, which was, was really enjoyable. In that same class? Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. And I, so at that point, I got to be the lawyer when they got to do the, the oral arguments from the judge's right, perspective. Right. So yeah, that's to have great. a room of... 20 judges while you're doing your argument is a special kind of uh, practice as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So after your clerkship's over, I know that's a, a ways down the, a long ways off. Do you, what do you see yourself doing? Well, yeah, so it'll be 2020. I'm, I'm in the market. If you're listening and <laughs> let me know. Um, no, but my long-term goals is it, still focused, um, I'd like to center education in my civil rights work. Um, I do believe education is at the heart of economic justice, and there's a lot of work to be done in terms of school equity um, and access to education that I am hoping to do through a combination of litigation and policy. But shorter term, I, you know, I know the, those types of jobs or cases or opportunities don't always exist right out the gate, um, but I am interested in doing some impact litigation and civil rights more broadly. Um, anti-discrimination work, fair housing work. Um, I did really enjoy being at the AGs. I think being able to do that work from the perspective of the government and from the state is really powerful. So that's, you know, something I'd be open to as well. Great. Lauren, tell us something nobody knows about you. I mean, I think one interesting thing maybe that would um, surprise people is that I'm an avid sports fan. So I actually, um, my law school best friend and I, started a sports news digest, a business 
um, and we were able to we covered New York sports and we made it entertaining and easily consumable. Um, our goal was kind of to broaden the idea of what it means to be a sports fan and, and give people access to, to those conversations. Cause we know sports can be powerful, um, both from kneeling on the field or having important conversations on a golf course. Um, so access to sports is really important. So it was a woman focused newsletter that was kind of a, a primer for, for folks looking to join the conversation. And it was a blast. Very fun. Well, Lauren, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to learn more about the ABA's Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, go to www.governmentlawyer.org.